Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For the Bobby Eaton Show, yeah. giving you information you'll want to know, speaking on issues affecting us all, and music for the soul. Yeah. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Bobby. It's the Bobby Eaton Show. Hello, world. Good afternoon. Hey, and welcome to the Bobby Eaton Show. This is where we tell our stories our way. Located at KBOB 89.9 FM, or you can live stream us uh, if you're in another city or another country. KBOB899.com. Again, that is KBOB899.com. And this is a place where we tell our stories our way. So if you're listening out there, we're located in the heart of Tulsa, Oklahoma, black community, black Wall Street, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you get a chance to come down here and uh, walk down the streets of our historical place where the 1921 massacre took place, where uh, they came and burned it down and all the black businesses and destroyed a whole lot of stuff and kept it a secret. Many a years where people didn't even know about it, you know, right here at Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can come by. We're located, uh, Eaton Media Services at 1533 North Norfolk, uh, at Pine and Peoria, Pine Place in Peoria. You know, you can see a little building on the corner in which my grandfather built, which I occupy. My dad allows me to be here, and uh, we just try to do anything that we can do to empower our community, and that's what it's all about. We have uh, several shows up in here. People come up here on a weekly basis, and they're doing shows. You know, we got the morning show uh, with uh, Rest in Peace, Valley Vale. His show is continuing, uh, morning show from 7 to 9, you know, so that's going on. Uh, We have the business hustle with Charity Marcus and Tyrants Billingsley, Comes on at 12 noon on Mondays. Uh, let's see. Tuesdays, it's the Two Dog Sports Talk. Two Dog Sports Talk. They come in here at 6 o'clock p.m. on Tuesdays. And uh, Wednesdays, uh, around 1 o'clock in the daytime, it's uh, Charles Harper and Damali Wilson, World One Development. They come in here, news you can use. You know, and of course, my show that evening. 
which is Wednesday evening, 6 p.m. And let's see, Thursday, Thursday, we got real talk, real life, real talk. That's what it is. Prima Donna and Jennifer Brown coming here, 2 o'clock, a woman's show about women's issues. So tune into them, you know, every Thursday, 2 o'clock. And uh, the evening, now everybody's always asked, what's going on Thursday evening? Something that's been going on for for a while now. It's the Juice Radio Show. People say, what's the Juice Radio Show? What is that? Juice Radio Show, young people, youth, young people who come in here every Thursday night, 6 p.m., headed up by Ramal, the hometown heat. Ramal Brown, he's doing some big stuff around here in town. So Ramal's in here uh, with his youth. We're, we have the youth over here, so get in touch with Ramal Brown if you have a young person that's interested in doing black broadcast journalism. You know, once again, that address is 1533 North Norfolk, and you can go to our website. I'm going to give it to you guys again. Now, you guys got to check this out. Get in the loop. Get into what's happening. KBOB899.com. Again, that's KBOB. 899.com and you can see everything about what we're doing here at Eaton Media Services and we're trying to uh, get involved and empower, give out the information that's needed in the community and uh, we're going to continue to do that every day. I don't know what else to do. You know, I got to get involved with my people and support my people and their endeavors and what they're doing. Okay, that was Thursday night. Now, Friday night is a music show, you know, it's, we call it Funky Friday, but due to COVID, we haven't been able to implement what we had planned, you know, COVID. First, we were going to just broadcast live and play some of that good music, and people could come over here, barbecue, fish fry, uh, cars, dominoes outside, volleyball game, you know, and all that across the field and stuff, but, you know, COVID kind of knocked all of that socialization out, so... We're just playing music on Fridays at your request. You can call in. You can dial the number 918-856-3873, request a song. Or you can do that on any show. You can dial that number. I'm going to give that number to you one more time. Area code 918-856-3873. So you can use that number anytime to call in and if you want some information or anything like that. Saturdays, 12 to 2. I've got the Bobby Eaton Show once again, where we tell our stories our way, and I interview a, a lot of p- things. I want to give some shout-outs to a few people who've uh, been kind of like networking with us. Um, uh, shout-out to all the elected officials here in uh, in the district, <clears throat> Senator Kevin Matthews, uh, State Representative Regina Goodwin, and City Council later, Lady uh, Van- Vanessa Hall Harper. So we want to give a shout-out to them first. Also to the celebrities that are in touch with us over here, Charlie Wilson. Charlie Wilson's been sending in some uh, voice drops and how he endorsed the station. And Alfre Woodard. And some of the funk bands from the, back in the day, SOS Band, uh, Zap. Uh, who else has sent in some stuff? Surface. Uh, somebody else I'm missing. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. Raph Johnson of Earth, Wind, and Fire. So we're getting some connections with some of those people that can make some things happen. 
If you would like to donate to uh, the radio station, uh, you we, we have a cash app, which is Eaton Media Services on cash app. PayPal, bobby.eaton at PayPal, PayPal, <laughs> PayPal. And uh, we've got a donation bucket in here that you can stop by 1533 North Norfolk and uh, donate at any time. We could use it because we're trying to raise money for getting a van. We need a like a passenger van, you know, that we can use it like a jitney service to to run up round and about to transport our people from Black Wall Street to North Tulsa, go over into the projects, pick pick up children, take them to areas and show them prosperous areas and to business people and things like that. We need that van uh, where we can also take crews of people out of town once the COVID lifts up. Now we understand COVID is here. So you got to watch what you're doing and, you know, you got to practice that social distancing and, you know, you guys need to wear a mask. I'm going to say it again, get you a mask and wear a mask. You know, some people say, Oh, I ain't worried about it. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die. You know, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to take that attitude because you may be infecting someone else who don't want to die. You know, so uh, go get your mask. Man, I got about six or seven of them, different types, you know. So I got some for my birthday, people giving me some. So I'm, I, And I'm wearing them, too. Wipe down everything, Lysol, baby wipes, uh, spray, you know, hand sanitizer. Wash your hands. Do what's necessary to keep this enemy away because it's destroying a lot of people. And as it, you know... California is affected, one of the high, hot areas. I mean, it's on fire out there in Florida, uh, Arizona, parts of Texas. You know, they say Florida has more coronavirus cases than most countries. And I'm saying to myself, wow, you know. So, and um, uh, I think Donald Trump is at odds with Donald Fauci. You know, they I mean they they just kind of like going back and forth, and and as he tells the truth, and he builds, uh, I'm you know I'm with him. You know, he's a good guy. He's a real good guy, and he appears to be honest. You know, but um, I don't think Trump trusts nobody but himself, and so he's gonna oppose everybody. You know, and we got to get this guy that guy out of office. We really do. You know, we just got to get him out of there. So. Well, we're going to take a little break, and uh, we're going to come back with Senator Kevin Matthews. I believe he's arrived, and uh, tell a family friend. They can dial the number 646-716-5525, and don't forget to press the one button on that one. Or, you know, there's another number you can dial as well, 918-856-3873. You know, and we want, we want all of the... Uh, people to participate and you know to come in we're gonna come back with uh with senator kevin matthews all right we'll be right back yeah this is a story of famous dog with a dog that came to this tale 
And the dog catcher. We know who that is. Hey, in the studio, Kevin Matthews, Senator Kevin Matthews. How we doing, man? Man, we doing great, Bobby Eaton. Hey, man, glad to have you in here. You've been in here several times. You know all about this. And uh, it's just a good thing every time we see your face in the place. And uh, just glad to have you, bro. Well, man, I'm glad to be here. It is amazing to have grown up and see you leave this community and make a name for yourself nationally and then have the wherewithal to come back and make a difference with our young people and the people in our community. Not many people do that. You know, a lot of people go and never come back. A lot of people talk about what should happen and don't make it happen. And when I talked to you by phone and you were away maybe uh, in another state, you were in another state and saying, you know, Kevin, you know, what are they doing there, man? I said, man, you know, people, people need hope. People need a voice. And man, you came back and made it happen. Well, man, I just had the vision of loving my people. And I, you know, I would pop in and out of town sometime yes. from where I stayed. And I saw the devastation and how things were disappearing. My parents were getting older. Uh, people were dying and moving on. And I started saying to myself, well, we need some communication. And communication can uh, almost be everything. So we got to communicate. And um, I hooked up with you. I had this place over here, man. You teamed up. You were on your campaign. You remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was I was running for Senate the first time around. First time running for Senate. You had already been a state representative. And you were running for Senate. And we teamed up. You used the facility as like your headquarters over here at that time. And boy, you got in, man. That those were the days, Bobby. You know, some days. And everybody used to just come and and help and meet over here, man. We'd have snacks. People would hang out. And you know, Bobby, what I remember is you talking about doing this. And there's a lot of people that talk about it, but you did it, man. Uh, God did it. You know, He put it. You know, I'm kind of a visionary kind of guy I always have been you know back when we were building houses and stuff back in the day and uh, um i've always saw i can i can imagine it and see it before it actually happens you know but i see it and but you got to do the work you can't just talk about things you got to put something in it to get something out of it well you know a lot of people won't sacrifice you know i remember the early days, man, when you you had you had the kids and you guys were starting something and and you were patient with young kids trying to teach them something. That's and the beauty of this to me is, uh, you know, we have many media outlets that we can go to and and you know I support all of them. But what I saw you do, Bobby, was you got with these young people and let them start their own thing come up with their own logo, come up with their own name. You got them excited about doing something, and you were patient enough to do it with them. You know, there's a lot of people that talk about working with the youth, but they, like you said, 
They got the words, but they're not willing to put in the work. The work, and you know where that youth pro that the Juice Radio. Now, those of you who know about the Juice Radio show, I'm gonna tell you exactly where it comes from. It comes from your program. You had a program where you were mentoring youth on entrepreneurship, how to sell stuff, and they were out there selling water and candy and you name it up under the tents out on the streets, and they were mentoring. And uh, you asked me to come over there. And I came over there, and I spoke to those kids, and it just hit me. Boom. Man, I need to do a radio show with these youth. Because I didn't have anything at that time for young people. And and from that on, we've been going here good three and a half, four years strong with these young people. Uh, I've taken them to Atlanta and on trips and stuff, man of a lifetime, introduced them to a lot of stuff. And it's just a blessing to be able to... Uh, mentor youth and give them the necessary information that they need. And uh, through your program, I was able to do that. And we're still continuing on. As they graduate, we just recruit new and keep it going. Well, you know, Bobby, the thing that touched me so much was the fact that many of those youth that I deal with don't have fathers in their life. But you started this with your own son, Brought your son here, you and him started with these young people. And I remember one of the kids that was, he was a kid that was picked on in school. He was a kid that he didn't even want to look you in the eye and say his name. And now he's one of your top uh, co-hosts. He, he um, came yeah. out of his shell. Yeah, he, he started shell to talk. Now. He started, man, he, now his personality has grown. All he needed was somebody to let him know how valuable he was mm-hmm. and to give him a voice. And that's what you did. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do that because when uh, I met him and his mother came to me and we sat down several times having conferences and, and uh, talking to him, I went up to the school and checked on him and his grades and stuff like that. Because at the particular time um, there was no mentorship in the home because she was there and, you know, it was a little different, you know, but, Time has brought about a change. A young man has grown, and he's at a whole nother level now. And uh, it's just a blessing to see him like that. And also, I want to give not – I don't want to take all the credit for it because Ramal Brown, you know, when I first got those youth from your program, there's such a big age difference right there. And I had to do something to to bring that closer together. So Ramal Brown came in, a younger man – who was willing to uh, to to be teachable and things like that, and he taught me as well, and took over those youth, and boy, and took them to another level. Well, you know, before I talk about Ramal and and Charles and Demali and some of the people that you uh, brought over to to grow the, the the station and what you're doing, another thing that happened as a result of you mentoring that young man, giving him an opportunity. You even encouraged his mother, and now she has her own business. She's had her business for over two years. she does. And so that's what we're talking about is empowering our own. And we do that by supporting one another and and creating cooperative economic opportunities. And so uh, that's what you've done, and you've expanded that to uh, our long-lost friend, Belly Vale, that's no longer with us and starting that morning show and 
Charles and Demali and, 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 and getting with Ramal and starting that cooking show. Tell us about that. That's so exciting. Well, that's uh, Charles and Demali came up with an idea called Edurek Eats. Now, Edurek means education and recreation, and it's located at the old Wiley Post School out there out north, and they came up with Edurek Eats, and what it is is a cooking competition for young people, uh, young people 12 to maybe I think 17, something like that, and they're down to the last three finalists, you know, and they had about, I guess, 50 kids who are applied with that, and they got videos, and they, of course, it's virtual, you know, on, you know, you can't go in and interact, but <clears throat> they had three judges, and the judges were Jamal Dyer, Vanessa Hall Harper, and Aubrey Shine. And Ramal, the hometown Heat, was the host of the show. The hometown Heat? Yeah, the hometown Heat, Ramal. <laughs> man, that's, that's our dude over here. And he was, uh, and so they're going, I think the they have one more final competition, and it's three of them. And uh, I think the first place winner will get a $100 shopping spree per month. At the brand new uh, um, shops on Peoria, shops the grocery on store. Oasis Fresh Market wow. every month. That's that's every month, you know, for about a year or so. So I think that's first place. I don't know what the second and third place uh, prizes are, but uh, man, they've had so much. I wish I could taste some of that food that <laughs> some of them kids been cooking. They've been cutting up. So it's great. EdurekEats.com. Well, you know, Bobby. You know, what I live for is solving problems in our community because so many people look at what's happening in North Tulsa and say, hey, I'm moving to California. I'm going to move to Atlanta. I'm going to move where, where things are happening when we're the home of your friend Charlie Wilson. Yeah, I we're talked to him the other day. of Alfred Woodard. Talk to them. We're the home of Wayman Tisdale, John Stark, and great people. We don't have to leave. To create black excellence, we can do it right here. Right here. And we it, can do it right here in Tulsa. And so what you guys have done is solve the problem of a communication vehicle. And then Edurek Eats, mm-hmm. do you realize, Bobby, you know that we live in a food desert. Oh, for sure. Where North Tulsans, many of them live 11 years less than the people in the rest of the city. And so what Councilor Vanessa Hall Harper and others have brought to us in a in a, a grocery store with fresh fruit. Oh, she did it, and didn't you? This, this show teaching us how to cook that healthy food, that's so important in our community because we can't have wealth without help. Oh, that is so true, man. You couldn't have put it any better. You know, and when you have good health, you can you can get out there and do whatever you want to do. You know, but bad health we're going to break down and be in them hospitals and stuff. So we don't want to go there. Trust me. Yeah, and you, you get know. wealthy, and then you, you're not healthy. Then you, you just leave that money for somebody else to blow. So yeah, you do. Well, we, uh, one of my colleagues in the legislature used to say, unhealthy adults can't earn, and under, unhealthy children can't learn. Mm-hmm. Your health is yeah, so important. It is so important. And, you know, we got to get into also get into that entrepreneurship mindset. You know, my friend Dean Finley, he always saying, Dean is always saying this. You got you got workers and you got entrepreneurs. There's a difference. 
You know what I mean? And I think about it, and you do. Some some people are workers, and it's okay to be a worker if that's what you need to be. But if you got into being an entrepreneur, a business person who handles like the Black Wall Street way, you know, and being able to uh, have economic de- development and wealth, you know, in your business. And one thing that I see is that we have to structure ourselves when it comes to business because I had to learn it too, is that you just can't open up a business and put a sign outside and just expect people to show up. Not in 2020, you know. You just can't do that no more. Those days are over with. I mean, you're going to get a few people. Word of mouth is still good, but you, you have too many ways to advertise. You got social media. You got posters. You got flyers. You got all kinds of stuff. You got the radio station right here that you can come to. You know, we can make commercials for you. So there's so many ways for you to advertise your business. And I, I'm listening to all the uh, business owners who are out there listening. You got to advertise. So many times we ride down Peoria and Pine and we'll pass your business up because out of sight, out of mind. Well, why are you talking about? Our good friend, Dean. What's the name of his business, Bob? North Star Security. Dean got contracts everywhere. But you know what? One of the things I like, and, and Dean is a friend uh, and an advisor, a person I go to and, and share ideas with and learn a lot from. One of the things that I see here and what Dean applies is, like you said, you can't just open up a business and think people will come. You have to practice black excellence. So. Black excellence. I don't so see you in here with a with a uh, a microphone and a and a and a box with with batteries in it. I see you with <laughs> excellent equipment. Mm-hmm. Dean, I just saw him in that North Star mm-hmm. car. He got a fleet of them. They nice. Oh yeah. And people are trained well. They do what they say they're going to do. That's what we have to realize is if we want to practice cooperative economics and us have people spend money with us. We got to practice excellence and not just open a business, but run it right and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. You know, so often, sometime now, we, I'm li- all the customer service is so important. You know, don't let a customer come into your business and not get acknowledged, you know, when they first come through the door. All that on the cell phone and sitting down and uh, just looking around and, talking hey man i'm gonna call you back you know what i mean all of that kind of stuff come on y'all let's don't do all of that you know let's have some customer service because that's what it means is service and serve the customer because i hate to go into a place getting ready to spend my money and not getting good service well you know that that's not a that's not only is that important bobby but you know before we went on the air, you and I were talking about different people that uh, that you worked with early when you were first starting. Another thing we have to do is we got to remember those customers that came to us when we weren't big and when we weren't doing well. Don't forget them. Oh, I, don't you were forget. talking about one of your supporters, and you know, you said, you know, uh, they were here in the beginning. And you know what, Kevin? Whenever they want something, they're going to get whatever they want because they were here before it got big and people sometimes get big and forget the people that helped them get there forget that person that that spent that first dollar with them spent that time with them i gave them their first contract always never customers are your boss 
And they're the ones that are the most important to your business. Yeah, that is so true. So when we get back to doing economic growth and building and sharing and helping one another the black Wall Street way, that's when we can start that economic growth. So we need to do that, you know. So, hey, moving right on along, man, you went to school here. You grew up here. You went to Booger T, played football. Me and you, hey, matter of fact, me and you got uh, put in uh, Booger T. Washington Hall of Fame together. You remember that? Wow, yeah. Yeah, man, we got both at the same time. You know, that's right. At the same time. But, uh, hey, man, how was it going to school here at uh, Tulsa, Washington, which is, well, that's what it is now. It was Booker T when we was going. Well, yeah. you know, we're right around the corner. I grew up across the way on Seminole Street. Uh, when you walk down from the old front door where the original front door, 1631 East Woodrow is where. Yeah, that front Booker door. Right? That Booker front T. door came straight down St. Louis. Yeah. And when you walk down there three blocks, you run right into my house. And so because I wasn't. Uh, one of those people that could afford a car. I used to walk to high school every day, two, three blocks. But I remember growing up when I could hear that band. Oh, oh, oh man, I could hear that band <laughs> singing that haunted song, man, uh, and that band. Victory, yeah. I used to hear that growing up, and that's Wrong. all I could think about was that music, man. I could hear that music way down in my yard, and I said, I can't wait. To get on that sideline playing football and that music be playing for me. Yeah, that was a boy. big dream for me, man. And when I got to go there, it was one of the most important things to me. And it's funny, Bobby. Here we are in Tulsa. I'm 60 years old. Mm-hmm. But it's, this is the only city i ever been to that don't ask you what college you went to. They say, did you go to Booker T? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did and you go to they didn't, they didn't ask, did you go to Harvard? Did you yeah. go to Yale? Did you go to Grambling? Uh-huh. Did you go to Hampton? I, that's everywhere else. They say, what, where, where'd you graduate from? People tell about their college. Right. But in Tulsa, they say, did you go to Booker T? To Booker T. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, because I've been asked that before, too. You know, did you go to Booker T, man, over there? Because we won a lot of championships there at uh, Booker T. Back in the day, a lot of a lot of history period is just here in Tulsa alone. Tulsa has Black Tulsa has a lot of history, man. You know, a lot of entertainers, football players, basketball players, actresses, and stuff have come right out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, yeah. And while you're saying that, you know, I'm a senator for McLean, Central, and Rogers too. Now, you know, we just had a great football player that went to Alabama, came from McLean. Went to Alabama, and then went to the pros uh, a year or two ago. Was it Josh Jacobs? Yeah, right. And then we we had over here at Central High School. They just got a new uh, basketball coach. They won the state championship a couple of years ago. So we got athletes all over this community. Yeah, we do. We got great athletes and great people that come from all the schools out here. That's just we went to Booker T, but it's some other great schools in North Tulsa too. Yeah, it is some great schools, man. And uh, I can remember, man, like you were talking earlier about that band. That band went all over the community, man. Everybody heard that band in their neighborhoods. You could always hear them drums beating, you know what I mean? And that was just thriving, and it was just so entertaining and stuff like that. And uh, Friday night would come, and the game would be there, and everybody in the community would go to Booger T. 
and get up in them stands, man, and support that team. And, uh, man, it was awesome. But you know what? What about that hijinks? Oh, oh. Don't, man. Showtime in Apollo. Let me tell you. Nothing on that. Let me tell you about that. Now, when I was in school, that hijinks was at such a high point because we now, had, what is the hijinks there, Bobby? Everybody don't know what you're talking about. Hijinks is kind of like a, a talent a, show. A talent show, American Idol. No, without Showtime at the Apollo. Without a judge. Right. That's what it was. Showtime at the Apollo, all of that. And every year, everybody would get together and get their little acts together to join up for hijinks. You know, and I'll never forget it, man. We, when I was there, it was me and Charlie Wilson and Honey Bee and Bobby Jowell. I mean, we had just, woo, that band was awesome. Charlie Wilson, you went to school with Charlie Wilson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, right. We were all in the same. We were there at Booker T, man. Okay, but and, then you went on to play for who? Well, I played for a couple of people, man. You know, Natalie Cole. Yeah, yeah. What, what kind of record is this on the wall? I'm looking at. It's a platinum record. It's a, it's a plastic record. What no, you say? I said platinum. A gold record. <laughs> well, I got one of them too. But oh, that's I mean, a platinum it's right there. Bronze, bronze. <laughs> what kind? Did you say platinum? <laughs> it's a platinum. Where it's an award record that they give to entertainers whenever they've accomplished a certain goal, they'll give you a gold or a platinum plaque, and I happen to be probably one of the first African Americans here in the city who obtained one, who got one. You know, me and the Gap Band. So what was what 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 instrument was you playing, Bobby? Well, I play bass guitar. You know, by trade, been playing it for years, and uh, we all used to have bands back here in Tulsa during a period of time when there were several nightclubs around here. And me and Charlie Wilson and all the rest of the guys were playing all of these various nightclubs. And we'd be in a, we were, man, we were in high school entertaining our teachers and civic organization people who would come to the club. We had to be chaperoned in there, you know, because we were too young. And we was bad, little bad boys trying to play music and stuff like that. But we left also to go to Hollywood. And once we went to Hollywood, that's when the magic and stuff started happening. Well, you know what, Bobby? I ran into this young lady the other day named Star Fisher. Yeah, Star. And I said, you know what? What made you come to Tulsa? And how did she say, you know, I was Miss Black Oklahoma. And -hmm. she said, this guy named Bobby Eaton, he gave something down at the Greenwood Culture called We Funk. Tell us about that. Well, during the period when I was living in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, the Greenwood Culture Center were going through some changes financially. And I was just so, oh, man, upset about it because it sounded like we were getting ready to lose it, you know, and because of finance, they couldn't make the payroll or something was going on. And I got in touch with the director and long distance, and I told her what I wanted to do, and I wanted to do Tulsa We Funk. We Funk. We Funk. Oh, so she, I explained it to her. She said, yeah, let's do it. You know, so I called all of the musicians that I knew here in Tulsa. And I'm living in Houston now. I called all the musicians and uh, flew in, you know, flew in and had a, a, a briefing with all the musicians and told them what we we're going to do, told them about the Culture Center. Uh, we had little dinners and stuff like that. And then the week before the show, we had rehearsals off in the Cultural Center. So I put all these groups together. 
and all these people who didn't have bands and stuff, these singers, then I kind of we kind of put them together with people. And the ones who did have bands and stuff, they already had their acts together. And so we did this big old show called Tulsa We Funk, which was about 70 musicians, 70 on one stage. What? Yes. And uh, it just, it was just phenomenal. I was so excited. Uh, uh, everybody was performing and every who's who of Tulsa uh, locally were on the stage doing whatever. Everybody was on there. So and we performed. We had a lot of fun that week, rehearsing and putting it all together. And uh, I'd like to maybe one day do it again. You know, or don't you think? Since you, you know, in a minute, let's. I want you to tell us about the historic building that we're in and the, what we have just next door in oh, the man. museum. But before okay. that, before you tell us about that, I want you to think about the fact that the centennial of the 1921 massacre and the destruction of Black Wall Street will be here next year. Don't you think that would be a good time for you, you know to bring what? I, these I, bands I, back? Yeah, man, I had thought about that. I said uh, to myself, I said, well, wait, we're going to have all of these people, all of this stuff going on. I've been talking to Charlie Wilson about doing the centennial as well. And all of this stuff happening here, all eyes on Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I said, Wow, I could probably do it, and I probably could pull it off and do it all over again, you know, and uh, I want to give a lot of the artists who don't get an opportunity to perform on the stage, give them an opportunity to get on that stage and and showcase uh, their talent and stuff like that. So that's something that we probably could end up doing, you know, and because uh, we've already talked about it. You know, and kind of want to want to do that. I want to see if you can still thump that bass. That's what yeah, I want to see. Well, I hey. want to see if you still got it, man. Hey, don't hey, don't fool yourself. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't let the that. Don't fool let, you. Hey, man. You know, when you ride that bicycle and learn how to ride it, you can get back on it, and you know what I mean. Give me a couple of weeks, and we back on pumping. You know, so but you know those things like that could probably happen, man. And um, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, you know, so it's a good thing. Now let me ask you some questions. <laughs> this is all good in the neighborhood. Senator Kevin Matthews, you know, man, uh, this race coming up right now, you're unopposed, man. How did you feel about that when you found out nobody was running against you? Man, I was so relieved, and it was almost emotional because right now the political climate across the United States is so bad. There's so much hate. And so many people hating on one another. You know, we we got a mayor's race going on right now here in Tulsa, and we had one of our candidates had to step down because of some hate allegations or whatever. I don't know what happened, but, you know, you just sit wondering what you're going to be accused of and, and what people are going to say about you. And and I, I don't know. You know, I really – I'm going to tell you the truth. I I wish I could say that I was doing a great job and nobody ran against me, but tell the truth, Bobby, I think COVID happened and people forgot because they was at home. But I think COVID had something to do with it. I think COVID made me they don't want to get attention. They don't want to get out of campaign, huh? Well, they just didn't know if we were going to be. Yeah. If even the sign-up was out in the parking lot over there, it was a different year this year. Yeah, it is. But I thank God that I'm healthy, my family's healthy, and we have four more years, and uh, I just, I'm just that's ready term, to do that's the That's term work. limit, isn't it, for you? That's it. This is it. 
One more years. That's it. Last round. That's it. Last round. So after the term, uh, what are you planning on doing? You don't know yet? Oh, well, you know, Bobby, there's several things that I'm working on right now. You know, uh, as you know, I buy properties. I'm buying two more right Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. And I've been working with a financial institution to come right up here, right behind the grocery store. Uh, just two doors down from Tropical Smoothie Cafe over there, we're bringing uh, a financial institution, a mortgage institution, and a bank. Right there in the right there at Shops in Peoria. Oh, Matter of they've already signed the lease. They they building out the place right now. Well, we need it. And so uh, a bank, a bank, and a mortgage company. And so uh, so black my, businesses will be able to go over there and apply for loans and and get some guidance on their finances. Well. There's an e-suite there that I'm working with, Rose Washington, okay. that uh, work with Vanessa on the store. There's an e-suite that, that is an empowerment suite where we'll be teaching classes. About teaching classes on how to buy property, how to make your business plan, and trying to create a legacy of black folks uh, being able to buy property and businesses and pass them down. This is my big mission. I just signed up the other day. I'm getting an insurance license. One of the worst things that can happen, Bobby. See, the only guarantee we have in life is death. But there's so many of us that don't have life insurance. Life insurance at all. And so I'm going to start teaching our people to buy property and have insurance on it. Have businesses and have insurance on it. Have insurance on your life. And what we're going to be doing is I finance people's houses. And so I'm going to be helping people that if they don't qualify for the mortgage, they can come to me and, and, and get one of the houses we fix up, we finance it. But the next thing is I'm going to be able to add life insurance to your mortgage for another $60, $70 a month. Attached to your, attached monthly. To your, your monthly payment. Because the only thing I, I, only thing I ever did when I retired was create the opportunity for people to buy a house $500 down and $500 a month. Mm-hmm. And now I can make it five sixty six hundred $600 a month. And I can make it where you have life insurance. And so coverage. Coverage your house. And so if you buy a house for me and it's worth forty or $50,000 and you die before you pay it off, then it'll pay off that forty or 50000 pay for your funeral, and give forty or $50,000 to your kids and a house paid off. Hmm. That's my goal. That's, a good, that's, a that's good what plan. I'm going to be working on. So as I transition out, my whole time in office, everything me and you talked about when you came home is all about cooperative economics, entrepreneurship, and finance. And that includes Black Wall Street. It was not just the fact that we lost lives. What our real tragedy was was that we lost property mm-hmm. and businesses. And I want to revive that by giving people an opportunity to have those businesses and life insurance so they pass down wealth instead of doing a GoFundMe when somebody died. Right, right, exactly. That sounds like a good plan, a good project, and uh, something that that's needed in the community. Speaking of community, you are over in Oklahoma City, right? And policy changes are hard, very difficult, right, for African Americans who come with stuff. You know, we've talked about, me and some of the legislative blacks, have talked before. What do you think the issue is? Because we're in an all-red state, you know, Republican state, 
and anything that the Democrats may bring up, they're going to shoot it down. How do you combat that, man, being over there and being the minority, you know, in the Senate with all of that going on, man? How do you – it's got to be frustrating at times, man. Well, first, Bobby, for those that are listening that don't know, Oklahoma is the only state in the United States that not one county voted for the first black president, Obama, in eight years, in either election, we didn't have one county vote for the first black president, and we the only state in the whole United States, Idaho. <laughs> they voted. They up. had some people vote for Obama uh-huh. in some of their counties. Illinois, uh, Montana, but not Oklahoma. And so it's one of the reddest states in the United States. And, and what you might, might or may not know is that when we passed in Bill 17 for $1.5 million to go to the History Center for Greenwood Rising to tell the story of Black Wall Street and the 1921 massacre. I was the only black man in the Senate in the whole state of Oklahoma. So when you say, what's the problem? You, I was not one of a few. I was the only black man. In the we Senate. had one black woman and, and me in the Senate in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, that was a, so mm-hmm. that was Anastasia Pittman. Anastasia, yeah, right. And now George Young is in there, but now so when Three you, of y'all now. Huh? No, no, no. She gone. She gone. He, he took her place. Right, Look, right. So it's just still two. Two. <laughs> two. Okay. Two black men. Okay. It ain't the hundred black men. It's two black men. Okay. And so, you know, when you come from a place like this, that's what's so really so interesting. People wonder why Tulsa creates so many superstars. We create superstars because if you come from a place that this conservative, in a place that so much. Prejudice happens so much. Racism. Racism and things that happen against you. You have to be clever. You have to be resourceful. You have to learn how to build relationships. You have to learn how to have a strategy. And if you can deal with that growing up in Tulsa, then you can go make something happen anywhere. Because you, you know, the black people that come from here that do well, they're not average. They're way above average to break through all of that. Mm-hmm. We only... 13 to 15% of uh, the state of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And we only 8 to 9% of the Tulsa metropolitan area. So for you to stand out, they say something person, about 65,000 black people, maybe. Uh, I would, out of 400,000 people. There you go. There you go. 400,000 people, only 65,000 so, blacks. So for you to be able to break through and be successful there, you have to have a lot of skills and a lot of patience. And so. What I learned, uh, and it, it, it helped that I came from a fire department background that's respected like the military, so that was helpful. But even in the fire department, you know, I was at one time the only black chief at the fire department. <laughs> that was it. And so I learned how to work in that environment and learn how being to the communicate. One. Yes, and learn how to communicate and speak their language. When we talk about these youth and having this entrepreneur shadow program that I have right now where I have 20 kids going with business owners to learn to own the business and not be an employee, when I can talk about that, not to ask conservatives to fund my program, I can tell them we're creating job providers and we're reducing gang violence and teen pregnancy, and they hear me. So I had to learn a strategy. Learn a strategy. And uh, sometimes... I understand that you could, you or any other legislative person can write up a policy, right? 
and pass it on to the next person and it sit on their desk forever, <laughs> you know, before, and you're trying to get it to the floor, you know what I mean? But they got to prove it. You got to get it into committee. They don't right. have to hear it in the committee. They yeah. don't. They they don't have to hear it at all. <laughs> so it, it takes a lot for them to hear it in the first committee, and then you got to get it to the floor, and then out of one house, and then through the committee, and to the floor out of the other house, and the governor had to sign it. He got to sign it before it's implemented. Yeah, man, and that's a struggle within itself, huh? But you know what, Bobby? It's no different than the struggle for you when you got a great music product. And you take it to a producer. Yeah. And you tell him you want to make an album. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've been working on it all that time. Exactly. Then look at all the things that you got to do to get through to get that platinum up on the wall. Yeah. And, so, and people don't understand that. You know, that's a, it's a job when you're working. You know, it's not easy. You know, people say, oh, you just get up on the stage and just play and smile and grin. But the more come to it with that, you know, you have to, you got to know what you're doing. And right people, it's all about finding the right people who see your vision. But the other thing, Bobby, is, you know, you and I were neighbors. Yeah. And then you moved away and came back. But, you know, what we have to have to be able to stay on it until you're successful is we got to have love and respect for one another like you and I do. Even if you don't agree sometimes to, to, to look at the cause and what a person trying to do instead of their personality and they faults. We can't make it as a people if we don't do that. That's, That's it. why when I love and support uh, Dean Finley yeah. and, and, and Sheila Thompson and Tim Smallwood and, and Deborah up there with the UPS store and you. Right. That's how we get over because, man, sometimes you get tired. You shouldn't have to fight the whole world and your own people. No, you shouldn't. And we should be able to work together in unity, man, and have some type of great fellowship and support. That's what Black Wall Street did. Because if you built a house and they saw you building one, brothers would come over there and help you build your house. They would actually come over there and donate their time to help you do. So we got to get back into supporting one another in our endeavors and whatever we do in our community and support it rather than knock it. You know, I was up there doing the groundbreaking ceremony a couple of weeks ago. And I was up there and had my crew up there and everybody. We were broadcasting live from up there. And you matter of fact, they interviewed you as well. And it was a brother over there talking about, I don't know why they building a grocery store. They ain't going to do nothing but steal, break in it. And, you know, he was just so negative, man. And I'm saying to myself, see, as long as you keep that kind of mindset, then you can't grow. You're stuck. But you know what, Bobby? You know, you just like the Pied Piper. You sit in here, man, and I've seen people that don't even like each other come and support you. I've seen people of different ages, teenagers, all the way to people in their 70s and 80s come and support you. And so this is what I believe. We we have to be the change we want to see. And so while you got that brother that was a hater, you was unifying people. You had people up there on your team working. And so what we got to do is continue to be the example that we want to see. And we can't, well, you know, let the haters be your elevator. Yeah, you know, I just let the haters go, and I just continue on building the brand. And I knock them haters off and just keep, <laughs> you know, just keep on going. And, okay, I don't want to hear all of that. If it ain't positive, if it ain't uplifting a brother, sister, or something. Because over here, man, we're more than just a radio station. Over here, we give 
we do school supply giveaways. We give away backpacks. Uh, we do festivals in the community. We do empowerment. We support those who are doing things in the community and team up with some of them. So it's not just a one-way, a one thing. You know what I mean? Uh, I ran into a brother the other day. He say, hey, Bobby, man, I like what you're doing, man. You, I like, I support what you're doing. I say, well, yeah, man, brother, thank you, thank you. He said, I really support what you're doing. I say, do you listen to your support? He said, I like that radio stage. I say, do you listen? He said, well, <laughs> not, 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 I ain't really listen. But well, how do you support me if you don't participate in something? Do you buy from uh, uh, your uh, advertisers? Do you go to uh, Wanda J's? Do you go to... Black Wall Street tees and buy. do you support? You say you support, but in order to support, you got to really go and participate in anything that you say you support. You know, that is too true. You know, and that's why. I mean, do you support your senator and your state representative and your city council person? You know what? A loss is so often people know you by name. They know Kevin Matthews. They know Regina Goodwin. They know Vanessa Hall Harper. But they don't even know what your titles are, what you even. They don't know what a senator is, or what a state representative is, or what a city council. They have they have no definition of what those titles are, and and how to use them. As long as, but they know who your name by first name. What up, Jim? What's going on, baby? You know what I mean. They know that, and and I would advise those of you who don't know is to look. We got these things called cell phones. You know, with with data on them and internet, look this stuff up. Look up all this information so you can be informed. It's so often that we'll go to the polls, we'll go to the polls, and we'll see a couple of people check some boxes by, and then it'll be some propositions up there, 10297, you know what I mean, and a couple of boxes, 10892, you know, and then you won't even know which box to check. You know what I mean? Think about it. You, and you could be checking the wrong box just so you could complete your voting uh, platform. Well, you know, the good thing is why you think you know these people, if you don't know what they do, at least call them or have a visit and find, out. and find out. And, you know, I had some people that called me and say, you know what? The state question 802, you know, right. when the expansion of Medicaid and Obamacare that, you know, the president tried to come and, and divert us from and, 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 and get us not to think about. And so I know we only got a few minutes, Bobby. So with these few minutes, can you tell us what you got next door? Oh, okay. Yeah. Let me give you guys a little, you know, several years ago, back in the twenties, uh, my grandfather built a house next door. Okay. I'm gonna lead up to that. He built a house next door and it was there during the massacre. That house that I'm in right now was there doing the massacre. And we kept our house. We never gave it up. We never sold out to anything. And then in the process, right next to the house, he built this building, this duplex that we're in right there. And he was an entrepreneur, so he cut hair. So him and my father and my uncle, uh, Joe Eaton and Sons, had a barbershop. Next door, and I remember as a little boy going in that barbershop, getting my hair cut, and stuff like that. And all these iconic black men 
I'm talking about. When I say iconic, the Homer Johnsons and the Don Rosses and Bernard McIntyres and Dr. Christopher, Big Ben McKinney, all of these iconic black men were congregated in that barbershop. And they were talking strategically how to boycott restaurants, white restaurants that would not serve black people. So strategically, they got in there and they would talk, talk. I mean, that conversation, because you know what it's like going in the barbershop. It's always some, some talk and conversation. So they were strategically playing even after barbershop hours. They still be in there playing in that barbershop next door. And my dad and uh, some of the crew, they went to Borden's Cafeteria, which was located up in the Northland Shopping Center, and they protested that. And my dad was the first African-American to get arrested and go to jail. He went to jail for protesting for blacks so they could be able to have opportunity to sit at the lunch counter and, and have a decent meal, you know. And so that barbershop, it, it, it birthed a whole lot of conversation and a lot of men in the community, all over this community, because they would come in there and get their haircuts. Everybody came in. I was just talking to Jim Goodwin today, and he was talking about, yeah, your grandpa used to cut my hair. I said, yeah, I'm kind of okay. I wasn't surprised because they cut everybody's hair. Well, I'm just wondering if you're going to revive that as a museum and a place that we can have those kind of meetings oh, today. Man. Those oh. kind of meetings today. Oh, man. That could be a it great be meeting so because great. that spirit is oh. there. And if those walls could talk over there. You know, I would love to revamp that and bring that up to date so young people can have a chance to go in there, maybe post all these iconic men's pictures and have artifacts and all kinds of stuff in that barbershop, you know. But, you know, like anything else, like over here, it takes some economic funds to make stuff happen. So I'm trying to work on it. Hopefully, you know, I pray that one day that uh, that vision that I do have for it will come just like the radio show and the radio uh, station has take place right over here. That way you can bring your little boy or your little girl over there and they can step off in that barbershop and see all these old barber chairs and all of this his history and stuff and they can just look around and, ooh, that's Mr. Homer Johnson right there, huh? What did he do? That's, that's, Mr. So- that's Mr. Harold Anderson right there. That's so-and-so right here. You know, and they can get all of this information in our community that we don't get. We don't get a chance to get, Kevin, because it's nowhere to be sought. I mean, you you can't see it nowhere. So that's the vision for that barbershop right there. And I know it's going to take some funding because we got to just put it back in its natural form. And that's going to take a little bit of funding. But, boy, how powerful it would be. How powerful it would be. And then another thing I'm working on is... uh. I need a van. I'd like a, to uh, to own a 15-passenger community van. Again, a 15-passenger community. That, that's what me and Ramal and all of us are looking at right now. So, so, so if somebody was going to donate that to you today, then how would they get in touch with you? Would they mail a check to a certain place? Yeah, they can mail they, they can mail a check uh, a check to. 1533 North Norfolk, uh, or they can just stop by, you know. And who, because, who would they make that check to? Eaton Media Services. That's what they're going to make it, the Eaton Media Services. And we're going to go out and buy that van, 
because reason that van is so important because Centennial's getting ready to come here, and we need a jitney service. We need a van that can transport people. We can take people from down on Black Wall Street. We, that Black Wall Street, we can take them off of Black Wall Street, roll them over here to Eaton Media Services, roll them to the uh, Big Ten, uh, show them some historical stuff, take them deep north, you know, to different places, and take them around and show them what North Tulsa is all about, and take them back. We can take them down to Janet's. We can take them up to shops on Peoria. We can take them everywhere. And not only just transporting people during the centennial, but I can say, Kevin, hey, man, what you doing next Friday, man? Me, you, and so-and-so, we're going to a conference, man. Let's go to Dallas right quick. We're going to ride down to Dallas, go to that conference, and come on back. I can take that van. I can go over to Vernon Manor, uh, uh, Comanche, pick up little kids, put them on that van, take them to Utica Square, show them stuff, take them to Gilcrease Hills, show them where blacks, affluent blacks live, and I can take them around to black entrepreneurs that could talk to them to give them some hope and give them some direction. So that's the purpose. That's what's missing over here at Eden Media Services is that 15-passenger van. You know, so we need help. If you guys have ideas. Now, a lot of don't, don't be surprised, hey, Bobby, if, if, if one don't show up. I won't. I need one. You know, not for me, but for we. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It is, it is, it is, it's, for, it's for us. So we would do that van. I like to see it parked right out there right now so I can say, hey, man, go take that van, go over there and pick up, go to Reed Community Center, pick up them kids over there. You know, he over there, he got a van too. You know what I mean? So let, let's go ahead because he do stuff with his van, you know, with his kids. And I want to be able to do things with our community. That's what it's all about. Is our community, and that's what we need. It's a need. It ain't. It ain't nothing. We just want to just be riding around. Hey, we got a van. It's a need. N e d d. Just like this microphone is a need, you know. And we need to get that van. And I've been soliciting for talking to people about it, and hopefully that van will show up. You know, I don't care. Use the new. It don't matter as long as it's running good. And got some fresh oil in it. You know, we good to go. Some good tires on it and some AC working. <laughs> Got to have that AC. We good to go. Because, see, a lot of churches, you know, we're in a, we're in a church community, man. It's a, I don't know how many churches over here. They got vans. They got vans just sitting until Sunday morning to go pick up their church members. You know, some, I'm not saying all of them now because we got a couple of churches doing some good things. But. Most of them, they don't do nothing with their vans, man. They just, vans just sitting around, you know, occupying space till Sunday morning or Wednesday night Bible study. And But I want to have a van. We want to have a van that's going to pick up all week long. That's it. When people even visit here, we can just go down on Greenwood and say, hey, they're looking at the remembering uh, Black Wall Street sign on the side of the building. A lot of them walking up and down there. But well, you want to take a trip? Get on the Jitney bus right here. We're going to take you over and show you some other parts of Tulsa. We'll take you down to Janet's to eat some dinner. We'll take you over to uh, Sweet Lisa's. You know, we'll take you over to various different places. We're going to show you something. This is where Big Ten Ballroom, this is where Ray Charles and Tina Turner and them played. Park right out there in the front and let them yeah, have Doc Shaw open it up so he can just walk through it right quick. That's the kind of stuff 
that we need in our community to bring about awareness and communication. And, you know, we get that. That's a game changer. Well, thank you for having me, Bobby. We've been here for an hour. We had, well, yeah, Sherry Lasky just came in here. And uh, before uh, we go, we've been here for an hour, and I'm going to let you go. And uh, we're going to get you back on here, okay? Well, thank you. I'm so glad to All be right. a guest on 89.9 FM. That's right, man. Where we tell stories our way. <laughs> thank you, Senator Kevin Matthews. All right, great, great. We're going to take a little break. And we're going to be right back. We had him in here for an hour. And uh, you're on 89.9 FM KBOB. And uh, we're going to take this break. And we're going to come come right back. So why don't you stick around? Hey, you can dial that number again, 646-716-5525. And don't forget to press that one button. One button.
Right, you can't keep running in and out of my life here on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. All right, hey, we're located in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, fifteen thirty-three North Norfolk Avenue. Uh, in the studio, Sherry Lasky. How are we doing, Sherry? Doing fine, Bobby. Great, glad to have you back in here, yeah. as usual. We're here on Monday nights, uh, six to eight. Uh, PM and uh, on uh, Wednesday night six to eight, and Saturdays from twelve to two PM. That's the Bobby Eaton show. But we got a whole bunch of shows over here, so we want you guys 
to tune in. We just, uh, Senator Kevin Matthews, District 11, was just in here, and uh, we had a lengthy conversation of entrepreneurship, community, uh, a little bit about the centennial and what to expect in certain areas right there. And and soon as he left, after his first hour, because he said he'd had to go, and uh, Sherry came in, so, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah, so we talked about a variety of things and stuff like that, and um, uh, we even talked about the life expectancy rate amongst mm-hmm. our community when it came to foods, and we talked about the grocery store and some of the healthy eating that we need to adapt to, to you know, to learn how to eat healthy. And you know, Sherry, you always talking about eating healthy, and yeah. you you bought me some squash the other day, and I was yes, like, oh, it. this tastes pretty good. Yes, it came it out of your came garden. Of garden. All of it came out of my garden. Out of your garden. Yeah. What except else? for the onions, I, I bought the onions, but I grew the garlic and all of the um, squash. Yeah, it tastes pretty good too. Good. Yeah. Pretty good. A little chicken with it, you know. And yum, yum, <laughs> it was yum. even better. Yeah, it made it even better right <laughs> yeah. there. So, to get started in a garden. What's the first thing that people need to do? Is it evaluate the soil? A lot of people say if if you want to get all technical about it and, you know, evaluate the soil and test it for any chemicals and that kind of thing, okay, you can do that. That's the one. Is that that the one? I mean, I've never had a – I've picked things out of a garden Mm -hmm. when I was coming up as a kid. Mama would say, go out there and grab me two tomatoes. And you go out there and they had them big gardens, you know. Right, right. You go grab two tomatoes. But yeah. um, what would you suggest that someone does if they had in their backyard, they want to start a, a garden? First of all, start with, with what you like. What do you like to eat? What have you eaten fresh out of someone's garden? So a lot of people will start out with simple things like tomatoes, beans, peppers, those kind of things, mm. and, and just go from there. So Then you graduate to the zucchinis and well, stuff. Well, no, huh? the zucchini and stuff, that's that's fairly easy too. Like this year I tried something different. You know, I tried the three sisters and the three sisters is corn, a squash and some type of bean. Instead of beans, I did peas. So they are doing very well. I'm just waiting for my peas to come through and they're there, but just waiting to get maturity and come all out at one time. Mm -hmm. So I haven't seen a lot of blocks. What's what's real hard to grow? I mean, some people on... say some things is hard to grow because of bugs and because of mm-hmm. other things. I don't know. You know, how do you keep uh, insects and stuff like that off your, you know, your, your I, plants I plant and sacrificial stuff. things. You know, I may plant a couple of cabbages knowing good and well, you know, the bugs are going to eat them. So if I know they're eating on that, they're not going to eat on some of my other plants that I grow. Oh. So, for example, I have squash out there, but... It's doing well, mm-hmm. and some people, if I say if I say this, this particular bug will come mm-hmm. out and demolish my my squash. But yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that, there's a difference between vegetables that go that grow above the ground and in the ground, in the ground right? Right. You have like sweet potatoes. A lot of people like sweet potatoes. You put your starters, your sweet potato slips. You put them in a mound and let them grow, and they will literally just kind of cover that whole area with nice pretty big leaves leafy green on the outside on, on the top outside, of the ground huh? and but in the ground have, the potatoes in there huh? yeah you'll have it got to dig it out right well you wait till your top part kind of starts to die off and then you'll start pulling those 
sweet potatoes up and they'll grow way into the fall and you'll start looking for the leaves kind of start dying back because of the temperature change and all of that. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, it's okay to, you know, start pulling them up. Mm-hmm. What, what, what can you grow in the fall and the winter time? What, what grows in there? I mean, everything's actually, dead, right? No, uh, actually you can grow like collard greens. You can grow cabbages, those, those fall plants. You can grow those in, and you can grow types of, squash in the fall too so it all depends what you want like people will start planting their fall stuff now in august and start getting stuff like if you have something that takes 90 days to grow like pumpkins mm-hmm. sweet potatoes you know that kind of stuff take huh? a long time for it to grow and then once it starts growing you start harvesting it so you so you're saying it's, it's growing and as far as harvesting, explain to our audience what that's all about. Harvesting is just when you start pulling it off the vine, pulling Pull it off the vine, yeah. picking it. I knew that. I just wanted you to say. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it all depends. So, like, in the fall, my my mom, she likes greens. So we'll do mustard greens, turnips, and collard greens in the fall. Because the other thing is, when it's fall, a lot of your bugs start to die out. So, you know, mm-hmm. you don't have a problem with a lot of bugs. Things grow better in the fall? It's cooler, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not dealing with, you know, it's cooler. The temperature, sometimes you get a warm temperature. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's 90 degrees. Like right now, okra is like killing it because it likes hot weather. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see what else. We're dealing with okra yeah. and Tomatoes are coming through, but a lot, it depends on if when you started your tomatoes. Some people have an overabundance of tomatoes because they started them in February. I didn't start my tomatoes until late, till after April, after the freeze. Mm-hmm. Then I started because a lot of times we'll have a freeze. You plant your stuff, you know, way in February and March, and then it freezes. You know, you have a, you know. Ground is hard yeah, and free. Yeah, and then it all, mm-hmm. like, you may have a 90-degree day, two, 80-degree, you know. Ooh, it's hot in, in the springtime. And, bam, you get 30, 30 degrees and all your stuff is all turned up, looking crazy, and you have to start all over. So that's why I, I really wait until late April to start doing stuff. Late April, that's when you that's start when planning? That's I personally I know some people start in February. How often do you got to wa- you can water? You need to water like you water yourself, you know? Every you, day, huh? Every day. You want water every day, you make sure you get plants every day. If you don't get water every day, you don't function well. It's, mm-hmm. You know, kind of like giving, it's life. So do you, you just, it. like, get a regular sprinkler system that can go out there and just add the water? Or? I don't do, I don't do sprinklers. I I like some to, people do. Some people do. Some people do. Well, you like to do just do it, it manually yourself. I'll do like depending on what I'm planting. Um, if I'm planting a watermelon, I'll try to get my water watermelon like two gallons of water each day because watermelons need water to grow. So, so you got watermelons over there, huh? Yeah, yeah, but they're they're kind of small, right? Small now. melons. Yeah, it's a different area that I planted, and it's not the same. The soil isn't quite the same, so it's a little different. But I have. Um, my my squash are just like oh my god going crazy huh going crazy there's just plenty of flower heads and those flowers whenever I get a flower I'm going to get a plant I mean get you know flowers and fruits so when I get that flower it gets fertilized or pollinated some crawls on it and it starts to grow into my zucchini or my squash so if I have a lot of flowers I know I'm going to have a lot of 
zucchini or squash coming up, or cantaloupe, or pickles. I, mean, I have cucumbers too. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all of those things. Wow, that's interesting because um, you know, and it's and it's not. They say it's not really hard to start a garden. No, and you can start a garden at various different sizes. It don't have to be a big old garden. No. It could be a little small little area where you plant certain right. little things right. and stuff like that. Right. And I guess our people need to know about that. I guess it's about maintaining the garden yeah, is the most important thing. Yeah, maintaining. You know, main, yeah. maintaining. <laughs> like some people, you know, we get all excited and we try to plant everything and then like, oh, Lord, that didn't grow at all. Right, that yeah. didn't grow. I can't, I didn't yeah. grow that one. So. That didn't do well. But someone else down the street or the next house over, theirs is just blossoming and doing really well while yours is on the struggle bus. So it all depends on your soil and what you're doing to your plant. Mm-hmm. So some people will give their plant a lot of fertilizer, you know, mm-hmm. add stuff to it to make it grow. And some people just put it in the ground and cross the fingers and water and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on your amendments that you put into your soil yeah, and whether or not it grows well. You know, that would maybe a good thing if somebody had uh, fresh vegetables out during the centennial, you know, that they could sell. I mean, sure, somebody oh. probably had fresh vegetables during the centennial, but that would be your farmer's market. Yeah, your farmer's market yeah, during so, the centennial. So we have, well, we kind of put our farmer's market on hold because Co- of COVID. Co- yeah, like, COVID did it, didn't it? I mean. It knocked out a lot, a of, lot stuff. of things. Right, so. Yeah, I know some things with me as well. So as long as you, my, my whole thing is everybody should have some type of something growing. If you have a yard, if you have any kind of soil, it won't hurt to put you at least two tomato plants. In the ground. Yeah, I think so I might try to do tomatoes. this to see if I can grow something. Yeah. I, I ain't never had a green thumb, but uh, I got a, I can cut some grass. <laughs> it was, it was, even, here's the thing. Even with the grass, I, I like to try to reuse everything in my yard, some shape, form, or fashion. Reuse grass? Yeah. I take the grass, put it around my plant itself, and it will stop the grass from growing around it till it gets to a good height. And it really? takes care of itself. Yeah. So instead of buying, like, all the fancy plastic that put, people put down around their plants or all that extra You use stuff, the grass, huh? I use what's already there. Yeah. Mm. It's recycling. Mm. It works. works wonders. So going out buying fertilizers and all of that. And all that extra stuff. And, and then trying to, trying to weed and keep the, oh, man, if you, oh, if you try to weed like you're supposed to weed and, and keep it all clean and pristine, you're going to be that crazy. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna work, huh? Yeah. So, so what you do? Just let it grow and let it be. Let it do what it do. I put the. I try to keep the grass down around my plant, around the base of my plant, and that retards the grass from growing up. Because if you if you left a big old bag of grass, if you clip, if you catch your grass, and the grass, you know, the catcher. Mm-hmm. And so you leave you, it right there, it's going to... If you just drop it out, it's going to kill... Ain't nothing going to grow up through it. It's going to mm-hmm. just like, boom, you stop the grass from underneath it growing. So that's what I do with the plant. I put the grass around the plant, and it stops the weed. Is that something you just started doing yourself, or was someone no, told you that? I actually started doing it myself, you know. And people ask me all the time, how do you know to do all of these things? And I yeah. have to stop and think, well... It's in my DNA because my grandparents were sharecroppers. Mm -hmm. My great-grandparents were sharecroppers. Mm -hmm. My great-great-grandparents were farmers because it was listed in the census that they were farmers. And Mm -hmm. their last name Mm -hmm. were farmer, too. So 
Duh. Farmers, huh? You just know. Yeah. You just know. And I guess you do, you know, in that uh, particular area right there. Yeah. Yeah, because farming is not always easy. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. The type of stuff that they're doing nowadays is destroying our soil. You know, those big big corporate farmers, when they're, you know, growing thousands and thousands of monocrops and Mm -hmm. pulling the nutrients out of the soil and not putting anything back into the soil. And that soil gets to the point where it can no longer grow any food. Right, right, right. So, you know. That's crazy right there within itself. Yeah. So that's when you start getting into trying to get, they're trying to get more farmers to do what it's called um, no-till type of farming, but it all depends on the farmer, whether or not they like it. Some of them do, some of them don't. But what we what they're accustomed to, what we've been what we've grown accustomed to, is tilling the soil all up. You know, you pass a field and it's all black. Right. You know, exactly. For the well, all of the art, all of the oxygen from the soil evaporates through that. Okay. So you, you're not pulling oxygen. You're not pulling CO2 out of the atmosphere because of the green, because grass and any type of plant you. is going to mm-hmm. do that. So when it's turned upside down. Is losing nutrients, so to speak, and then you have the wind washing, you know, blowing it around. If it rains, it topsoil is washed off into, you know, lakes and creeks and whatnot. So it helps to have that coverage. So one year, I think the last year, instead of tilling up the whole field like I normally do, I was, right. I was like, forget it. I'm gonna just dig a hole, make a mound. And just go from and, there, huh? Put my put my seeds on top of the mound. So when I did that, I got my plant established. I'm like, okay, y'all look good and healthy now. So then I took cardboard and cut out little circles and pieces and put it directly on top of the grass and then put hay on top. Didn't oh, have to worry okay, about okay. didn't have to worry about any weeds, but my plants were so much healthier and I were and, they? and production wise were just out of this I mean, I had I know for a fact I had grown at least 70 pounds worth of watermelons and cantaloupes out of my front yard. Yeah, because I had one watermelon that was like 28 pounds, had a couple of them that were 10, 15 mm-hmm. pounds. So. Uh-huh. Is it therapy for you? No, not really. It's just something to do. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about five years now, since I've been back home. Doing the garden. Yep. And you maintain it all by yourself, huh? For the most part. My son, when he's when what? he's Around, you when know, he's he'll around, help, he'll, he'll, he'll help you help, out. But mostly, he's helping with cutting the grass and that kind of thing. Oh, he does that that part. Yeah, of it. that part. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting, right there. But, you know, yeah. you find a. I think I find more more ladies doing gardens than I do guys. No, I have is some it? guy is, is it more guys? That, I doing have it? some guy friends that you know they do everything. Guys don't just do the planting; they'll they'll try to do chickens and everything. Oh, okay, they doing farming. They doing it. They're farmers. Yeah, but they do it. Uh-huh. They do it. So it all depends on the individual what you like. Yeah, I guess so. So yeah. Yeah, because I know a guy. All he does is watermelons. Mm-hmm. Watermelons, watermelons, watermelons. That's, That's what all he, he likes do. to do. Right. And that's all he plants and right. grows is watermelons and he on, takes, and he on takes his them property. And he sells them. He sells the watermelons. Yeah. Okay, there you go. You know, just go out there and grab some watermelons, go mm-hmm. sell them. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. That's big here. I mean, watermelons are big in Oklahoma. Yeah, we love. I, I yeah. like to have one right now. Yeah, they're good for you. They're very good for good, you. Good, yeah. Now, uh, they have those, what I call them clone uh, watermelons, too. Oh, without seeds, right? Seedless watermelons. Seedless yeah. watermelons. Yeah. They're, they're not supposed to be good for you, whatever. But you know, if that's all people you can are get, eating that's them. all you can get. That's because people are lazy about yeah, seeds them. and stuff. They don't want to, you know, the seed. I mean, how can a seed be a be a deterrent from you from eating watermelon? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. That's and crazy. even if you ate the seed, that's even more nutrition for you. So right. How that's can true. You, in some countries, they take the seeds and roast them like sunflowers and eat the inner of the seed, you know. It's so funny to me how the intake of food is so different in other countries. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what we see is nasty. Some of countries perceive it as good. Yeah. And over in their country, they look at us like, oh, that's nasty. Why y'all eat this thing? You know, y'all yeah. eating this nasty food. Right, right. You know, and... Uh, I guess when you can eat a healthy food, you know, who's going to argue with some cabbage? But if you uh, know what's healthy, or corn, because some places corn. corn is like what what you feed your animals. And True, and that's eat. what they feed the animals, the chickens yeah. and the right. hogs and stuff. Right. Feed them corn. corn. They don't eat, eat it right. themselves. Right, so when you go to Europe, yeah. a lot of people will frown at people eating corn. Like, oh, my God, you're eating corn? That's what we feed the animals. Exactly. So you just like. <laughs> it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural. It thing. is. Yeah. Got to be cultural. It's like since, like in in Africa, people eat a lot of peas too. That's true. Yeah. So they also grow them, and then they'll eat the leaves of the pea pea plant. Mm-hmm. They'll cook the leaves like it's um like greens, like you would cook greens. But I've never had, and everyone always people from Africa always tell me that. But I'm like, okay, that's different. I might try it. Ah, I might try it. I'm so you gonna, might try it, I huh? I might try it once my leaves start looking good. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way it go. Yep. But, you know, we got to do. Well, look here. We're going to take a little break. Okay. And we're going to come back. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show on KBOB 89.9. Bobby Eaton, Sherry Lasky in the house. We just uh, had an interview with uh, Senator Kevin Matthews, District 11. And, uh if you guys want to find out more information about this radio station, you can go to kbob899.com. Again, that's kbob899.com, and it'll tell you about some of our programs and some of the stuff we got going on. We got a whole bunch of shows over here throughout the week, and that you can tune into some of those shows. And uh, we want you to become a part of what going on on this movement right here. All right, we're going to be right back. What's up, y'all? This is Charlie Wilson, and you listen to K-Bob, 89.9 FM, Bobby Eaton Show. Thank you. 
Okay, you're on the Bobby Eaton Show, where we tell our stories our way. And that's the way we do it right here. So we want you to stick around. And uh, as we've been talking about some health issues and uh, Kevin Matthews and and everything that's going on around here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, KBOB 89.9 FM, home of Black Wall Street. But, and Sherry, this uh, centennial is coming up. Yes, it is. How do you think it's going to be like? I'm just kind of curious, you know, <laughs> of what it's going to be like. I hope people come back in to say, is that it? After all these years, that's it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, and that's it. What a lot they of them going, to do a lot of stuff. It's going to be a lot of them. It's going to be a lot of them saying that. Yep. You know, exactly. you're right. They're going to say, this all it is? Yep, that's it. Just a little one half a square block? That's it. Yeah. You mean they didn't try to build anything out? Well, we tried, but you see what happened was. We didn't try hard enough. <laughs> you know, well, and that's what tried, happened. I don't know if people didn't try hard enough, but urban, re- urban, urban removal, removal was the first thing. And right. removed, and you have the book, the big buyout and buy up or I mean, assignment of property given to whomever, whomever. And what was left was just kind of let to sit. And let's see what happens with that space. And now all of a sudden there's an interest and people are coming and they know the whole wide world will be coming to see what it looks like. And that's why you see everything like the vast building that just went up across the street from the driller stadium. There's another building going up next yeah, to across a lot the street. Of, then there's a lot another of building coming up across. Buildings are being built. Yeah, real, real quick. Passing it, they re, they fix the streets. Right, right. They, they they're preparing. Right, so right. They know they don't want to be embarrassed. They're already embarrassed when they need to be. You know, and um, because they're trying people to have been asking throw a little, little kibbles and bits out there. People in have, the district organizations have been asking for years for assistance and you know refurbishing the buildings, getting getting the buildings brought up to code because the two buildings that are left are over a hundred years old are near a hundred years old. Yeah, they are. Okay. So the infrastructure, the, the guts of the building are old and worn. Now I just heard that uh, the chamber just received uh, some monies for restoration of some of that, you 500, know, $500,000. Yeah, but they need at least two to $3 million. Yeah, they, that's so, what they need. That's to make it, but you know, you throw 500,000 can only just maybe make sure it don't leak. That may be, yeah, maybe just so the roof or, won't or leak. work on the air conditioning. Unit the a- AC units yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So it's, it needs a lot of capital. Input. It does investment and you, capital. Right, yeah. And people don't understand those are the last two buildings. And some people feel that they're worth more torn down than they are standing. And I'm like, you cannot demolish your history oh, like that. Because we've, we've, we've had enough torn down. I know, but you still you have know? some people that feel we that have way. enough that's they're, been they're, torn down. So. It's worth, you know, it's better to tear them down than it's try to go in and try to refurbish them. But, I don't think so. You but know. they refurbished all those other buildings around. You See, know, all, everybody so else refurbished exactly their buildings. So why come we can't down. refurbish ours? Right. You know, and plus we need more economic development up in those buildings oh, and more businesses and things up in that building because, you know, 
people always see what's what's on the first floor. On the first floor, and but that's when, it. but when you see like your desk job, type an architect firm mm-hmm. on the first floor, right. those type of entities on the first floor, it doesn't give you the walkability or you because know, there's nothing up in there right. other than what you see on what the first floor. See. Right, right. Because those are, I've been up in there and I look at all those empty rooms and empty spaces and it needs electrical wiring needs hooked plumbing. up and plumbing and Structural. bathrooms need structural yeah the whole yeah. nine yards and it just yards. needs help but you know. since i've been back i came back in 2015 since i've been back when i initially came back that's what we were pushing 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 the greenwood chamber of commerce at that time trying to get funding to remodel refurbish to do all of that to those buildings but it costs an arm and a leg and you would have to you know they own the buildings and then you know try to borrow money against the building that whole thing and pay them mm-hmm. back and then you mm-hmm. have to pay the big taxes to the driller it's like a tax fund that you have to pay into every business around in that area has to pay into that tax fund that's mm-hmm. another thing they don't talk about and it, it was just financially hard you know on the on the chamber at that time and trying to the change in leadership, you know, you have, you have people in that are working and doing work and making it, making an impact and making changes. And then all of a sudden you snatch people away and you put other people in and you know that they did not build anything they're stepping into. And it's supposed, you know, I, I was just kind of disappointed in the whole process. You know, how can you, undercut the people that have been working to build it up and then all of a sudden you move you remove them from that and you put other people in and and when you're getting funding they look well what the hell happened you know what 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 and that's when the money kind of stopped now that we're where we are right now in time it's like oh well yeah we really need to do something so we really need to send you know get money over there to the chamber so they can put some things in place. Yeah, I think the chamber could use a little restructuring. You well, know. Um I know they're trying to do whatever necessary. I'm not saying, yeah, but it's just, yeah, some, but it's just, just like, some some restructuring for community. Get involved with the community because you know it's called co- commerce and we have to do commerce. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're in those areas, you know well yeah, that's so, the Greenwood Chamber of Commerce. That's what commerce it's called. is about doing business, and when you have commerce, you know you have businesses, and that they are there, but you need to be there all the time, and especially in prime. You know when yeah. people are really coming through. Yeah, and it's went through a lot of changes. You oh, know, yeah. throughout yeah. the years, yeah, a lot of changes, a lot of things have happened. But I'm thinking uh, maybe one day they'll bounce back. You know, I'm hoping and praying that. They, they will, will but I'm you know, like, bounce back and make it uh, what it needs to be. Ten months. Ten yeah. months. Well, the thing about it is, you know, see, you're talking about for the centennial. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the deal. Here's how I feel about the centennial. It's going. That's great, fantastic. People going to come here from all over the world, coming to our centennial. Mm-hmm. But what happens when everybody leaves and everybody's gone? And we're right back to where we at like right, right now. now. Right. You know, and if we can't come up with any type of economic structure to continue to build, to grow after the centennial, you know, uh, memorials or whatever we're going to have, then we're just kind of wasting our time. It has to be sustainable. And sustainable, it should, for and sure. And it can be sustainable if you have 
businesses in that space and they're not being their rent's not being jacked up every time they have to renew their lease or certain organizations get, you know, a better I just feel like some economic building developments need to take Mm -hmm. place on Greenwood, period. All down Greenwood, there's a lot of land down off. Well they have a main street. You know, so main street so some economic Program. development needs yeah. to take place right there. Well, Building some be, structures and stuff. Those would be permanent structures, of course, and those permanent structures would need land to be built on. But who owns the land? We know who owns the land. Well, you know, even down there where B.S. Roberts Park is and stuff That's, like that, mm-hmm. yeah. it's land. Yes, land. It just need to be developed. some of it developed and putting some. You can put some businesses back down yes, off in can. there and roll that off and everything, and you can make some changes. And you could really have some stuff going. There's plenty of land right. down on Greenwood, but we right. just need that development it to take to place. Right. It's got to be right. developed. Right. I mean, think about it. Because I remember when I was a little boy and I was walking down Greenwood and going to the Rex Theater. I watched my grandfather go to Spans Pool Hall and the Brickyard and King Park and Bell's Barbecue and all of this stuff, Rex Theater. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just fun to go down there right. because you had things to do and places to go and people to see you but, know and uh we need to get back the reason you, why people don't go down on a lot of people don't go down on greenwood right now today is because we don't have enough restaurants and things to draw people down there exactly and that that's it you and have to have shuts down at seven o'clock right seven o'clock six thirty shuts down right and there's nothing right. there for right. you to do Absolutely. So nobody goes down. Absolutely. So you have to have, like you say, commerce that's going to draw people there, think, things commerce. that people like to do. People people want to be able to go to a decent restaurant and sit down and eat or go hear some entertainment or something in a mm-hmm. venue, some jazz, some poetry, uh, uh, something that entertains them to keep their thought process and keep them down there. Museum and stuff mm-hmm. to look around at art and stuff. You know, you got to have things that to draw people mm-hmm. and keep people. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and that's hard. That's, that's hard to do. Let's go to the phone lines right quick. I think we got a caller right quick. Let's see what we got going on. Area code nine one eight nine three nine. You're on the Bobby Eaton show. Hello. I hear stuff in the background. Area code 918-939. You're on the Bobby Eaton Show. <laughs> I hear somebody back there. Hello? Maybe they're not. Uh, they they pushed the button. Maybe so they're listening. They're just listening. Okay. All right. Maybe we'll come back to them and they may answer the phone. <laughs> but we only got about five minutes left on the show. Right. You know, anything you want to say as we have the countdown going, you know, before we uh, exit off of this? Oh, anything wow. you want to talk about? We got about five minutes. Our numbers, our COVID numbers. And some people oh, actually man, think we this would... is a hoax and stuff. I'm like, how can you say this is a hoax? It's people not a hoax. Dying. It's not a hoax. People, people are, are dying. sick and dying. Well, they, we've had about 400 and something deaths in Oklahoma. And uh, we got hot spots like going crazy like over in Florida. Yeah. They say Florida have more COVID cases in some countries. Brazil. Yeah. Oh, was this like Brazil? Brazil? Yeah, Brazil. Oh, and some of those places like that, COVID is running rapid. 
Arizona have the spike yep. in COVID and Los Angeles, Texas. It's it's around. All the places that they wanted to do the rallies. Oklahoma, we had our spike. And with Arizona, yeah. they had their spike. And I'm and like, you know they when, should just start saying, no, you can't come. Boy, when Trump was here, mm-hmm. I said about, what, five or six people caught it or mm-hmm. something like that? Right, in his camp. That in his camp. Here. Yeah, his, his people <laughs> caught it. So, and I saw him with a mask on. Yes, where was he this time? I don't oh, man. I look, I look, man, he just, it's so, so controversial. You know, just just He's controversial, you know, so. He's special needs. Yeah, he, he is special needs, isn't he? And I don't have anything against special needs people, but he is a special need, you hmm. know, for sure. In a, in a crazy kind of way. In a wild, crazy, self-servant way. I mean, anytime you put profit before people, that is the biggest sign. Like, okay, is this the person for our country? Exactly. Is, is this who we really want in office when you think about the disparities that we we know and we experience and we see people experience on a day-to-day basis. And it's just like, okay, you're giving millions of dollars out, but who's getting these millions of dollars? Yeah, who's getting? Where is that money going? And none of it, and, and very seldomly are you seeing the frontline people getting any of it. Yeah. So that's the problem I'm having with, you know, Okay, yeah, your 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 company was able to get an extra million dollars, but are they giving it to the employees per se, as opposed to be pro- prolonging, you know, paying their income, you know? But um, um, when you hear people, they're like, "Well, I didn't get a raise, I didn't get anything for that." I'm like, "What? Wow. Really?" And our guy Mullins, I saw something. Oh yeah, Mullins. His company received some millions too. They did. Give, give the address, oh, yeah. everything. And I'm like, it's okay. It's a buddy-buddy system. So did your employees benefit from that or did you benefit from that? Okay. Are you going to set that aside for when, it, you know, reinvest it some kind of way or do what you want to do with it or? Kind of crazy. Right. That's the system we live that's in. That's the system we live in and that's the system we got to change. That's right. Well, hey, you've been listening to the Bobby Eaton Show where we tell our stories our way. Located at 1533 North Norfolk here in the heart of Black Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma. KBOB 89.9 FM. And go to our website, you guys. Uh, it's kbob899.com. Again, kbob899.com. It's not going to kill you. Go there and just see what's happening. You know, so we want you to uh, take advantage of everything. And uh, we're here, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, 6 p.m., um, Saturdays, 12 to 2 p.m., we talk about everything about here, you know, about here in our com- in our community. I can't even talk, so that's what's <laughs> going on. Stomach. But, hey, we tell our stories our way. We do it. It doesn't matter. Stop by, visit uh, Eden Media Services Cash App. We need help trying to get this van. I want to thank uh, Kevin Matthews for coming here for the first hour and sharing his information. Uh, let me see. I think uh, um, Greg Robinson going to be on the Juice Radio Show Thursday. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I think Greg's going. He was here today on uh, Charity Marcus's and oh. Tyrant Billings show. Cool. The business also today. Right. So we're we we're getting them in here. 
Greenwood Cultural Center will be here Wednesday. Uh, Michelle Brown, she'll be in here talking it up, chopping it up, uh, giving some history. So she'll be here on Wednesday. We try to help our community. Uh, we're not against anyone. Everybody's of equal value. So that's what we're talking about right here. So until the next time, we want you to have a good one. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.